0: I'm Robert Pearson, and this is Follow the Leader, uh, the time where I just share a verse with you on my lunch break and um, talk about being a Christian and a man and a husband and a father all at the same time and how that works out in the day-to-day. I just realized I got the AC on a little loud. There we go. There we go. Currently working under a heat advisory, which is why I missed the last couple of updates. Awesome. All right. Um, So we are in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 to 8. Here we go. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord, for he will be like a bush in the desert, and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, <clears throat> a land of salt without inhabitant. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and who tru- whose trust... Wait. Wait, wait, alright, okay, back up, starting in verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose trust is the Lord. There we go. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream, and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. Here we go. All right. So, working through the questions on the man cars is just a passage of scripture about being a godly man, a righteous man, and uh, some questions to help you think about it. So, um, what comes to mind, and this is a lot of wicked people are going to have hard times and righteous people are going to have good times, but I would say this is a generality though obviously, not every wicked person gets um, what they deserve. Immediately, and not every righteous person is, you know, becomes just a giant wealthy millionaire. So this is, uh, I would I would argue that this is more than physical goods, tangible monetary blessings. This is also speaking in the long game, in the big picture, in the grand scope of things, and uh, ultimately, in the the end of the world when God brings everything to judgment, He's going to right a lot of the wrongs. So. Um, This has a longer view and a more meaningful view than just do you get rich in life or not. Uh, Though it it extends to that to a small degree. So, what is a a good modern analogy for some of this symbolism? We've got a dried up bush in the middle of the desert and um, we have a nourished tree planted right next to a river. So it has a large source of water. And um, can you think of any good examples, any good way to sort of modernize the analogy? Because, I don't know, modern culture isn't that uh, agrarian. We don't we don't plant a lot as much as we do. Not as many of the population are farmers. And I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of drawing a blank. People still understand trees. They have yards and grass and stuff and uh it's easy to see a yard that isn't watered during a drought is all brown and crunchy and dead and dried up whereas a yard that is watered even in hot weather still looks green and full and healthy um i don't know it's kind of difficult to come up with an analogy you need a living thing of some kind i'm really drawing a blank today Um, I've been drinking a lot of water, but I've been just sweating probably my body weight in water in the last two days, so. Not everything's running as fast as it should be up there. Uh, I'll have to slide past that one, but trees are are pretty straightforward. Plants are pretty straightforward, right? You water it, they they live and flourish. You you put it in a desert full of salt, they die, dry up, burnt to a crisp. And, um. And we can, we can really see the contrast here, though, is that whether or not you trust God. And if you turn away from God, it, it's like deciding to go live in a desert with nothing. Completely empty. And then when you turn to God and you trust in the Lord, suddenly you have everything. I would argue this isn't about earthly blessings so much as it like, where have you seen this in life around you is the next question it's got me thinking it's more about meaning about what what your life means, what your um, what your existence on this earth means, and if you look at uh, atheism and the modern secular culture they're just kind of empty and dry and they just have this hollow core of anger they don't have any any meaning for why did they get out of bed in the morning, all of their all of the humor on these TV shows, are existential dread, is funny. Ha ha ha! Look how tragic our existence is. Ha ha! We have have nothing, nothing of value to really to give, no meaning, and that's all they all they do is kick the meaning out from from under other people, and you know try to force you to join them in their misery. Whereas if you look at most religious people, most religious evangelicals, they're Pretty okay. Even if they don't like the current political landscape, they're satisfied with life. Um, You know, they know that they're not they're not an American as much as they are a Christian. They they don't live here in a way that, you know, as as a Christian, I don't live here. I live in God's kingdom. And so, as much as this country currently reflects God's kingdom, I live here. But when it stops doing that. Oh, that was a shame. I enjoyed it while it lasted. Good thing I lived somewhere else. Uh, good thing my citizenship is ultimately in God's kingdom and not here. But uh, you know, it's, it's still nice to have a visa and, and and stay when the weather's nice. So, so yeah. Um, what does it mean to trust God, though? That's the the crux of this. It's also the next question on the do doer. So. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. Uh, Hebrew poetry does this thing where they'll say the same thing two different ways. And it's not that it has two different meanings. Um, you know, maybe they'll, they'll draw two different nuances, but they, it's more a doubling down on the same concept that you have to trust God. God is your trust, your tower and refuge in time of need. He's, He's the pillar and so Hebrew will do this a lot where they'll there'll be a doubling down on the same concept so each line will draw out maybe a little nuance difference in some different ways to view the same concept but uh, it's it really does focus on um, on the same idea so it's not two different ways of trusting God or you have to trust God and then also have to have your trusted it's trust God. It's really emphatic. Um, And there are many nuances to it, obviously, which is why they're able to sort of create that turn of phrase. Uh, This is clearly a a poetic, probably a chiasm. Um, Because the whole thing pivots on the trust of God, right? You've got um, cursed is the man who does these things, blessed is the man who trusts the Lord, whose trust is the Lord, and then it explains how blessed he is is going to be on a complimentary analogy. You have one kind of cursed plant and then one kind of blessed plant, and the the hinge in the middle is that trusting God. So, that was a lot that didn't answer the question, though. What does it mean to to trust God and um, ultimately? Uh, I'm reminded of a verse in Peter. I don't remember whether it's first or second Peter, and I, I don't care to look it up right now. But it's, uh, "Cast your cares on Him, for He cares for you. Cast your anxieties and your your problems on God, um, and that that idea that we shouldn't have to worry or be stressed out in life, but that God is sovereign, and by by this resolute, unwavering trust that He's good and He's all powerful and we know in Romans he says uh 8:23 I think all things work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose so as long as we follow God and uh, hold fast and trust that he is going to make all things work for the good of those that love him well we love him and you know as Christians we are called according to his purpose so just ride it out man um don't sit there and kick the back of his seat and say, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Just, just sit back. You'll get there when you get there. That's what I think a good practical version of trusting God is. Obviously, there's a lofty intellectual theological ramifications, but just the emotionally, mentally, are you kicking the back of God's seat? You're saying, am I there yet? Am I there yet? Have you this? I don't have that. I need that. I need this. And I need... Just sit. Enjoy the ride. Know that He's going to work stuff out. That doesn't mean you don't have to work, obviously. um, Because we see that plenty in other places. But you have to trust that your work is going to be enough. And when you've done your best, shrug and know that that God will handle the rest. That's as profound as I get today. Thanks for joining me. Uh, Go ahead and give your answer to the questions down in the comments. Uh, Ask me your questions, uh, comments, concerns, cries of heresy, and I'll see you next time. Godspeed.